You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Big opt-outs for the Florida Gators ahead of their Cotton Bowl appearance tomorrow night. What that means for the betting line against the Oklahoma Sooners. Also, the SEC basketball season officially gets underway tonight with conference play. We'll give you a quick preview of tonight's games. Also, we'll talk all things SEC with longtime SEC reporter Brad Logan, who gives his thoughts on the two Mississippi schools, give his thoughts on the future of Jeremy Pruitt, and discuss what the quarterback picture will look like next year in the SEC. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. While the big news coming out of Florida yesterday, wide receivers Kadarius Toney and Trevon Grimes have decided to opt out of the Cotton Bowl. This comes on the heels of tight end Kyle Pitts, having already announced he will not play in the game And on top of that, number three wide receiver, Jacob Copeland, he will miss the game after testing positive for COVID-19. He will not play in the Cotton Bowl. So when you look at the production for the Gators this year receiving-wise for quarterback Kyle Trask, Kadarius Toney, the leading receiver with just under 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Kyle Pitts was number two with 770 yards and 12 touchdowns. Trevon Grimes was number three with 589 yards and nine touchdowns, and Copeland had 435 yards and three touchdowns. Collectively, those are Kyle Trask's top four receiving weapons who combined for over 2,700 receiving yards and 34 touchdowns. That is a big loss for this ballgame. Kyle Trask is going to turn to Penn State transfer Justin Shorter, who has played a good bit this year, as well as freshman receivers Xavier Henderson and Jaquavian Frazier's backup tight end uh, Kamori Gamble and Keon Zipper are both stepped up in the absence of Pitts throughout the season, so they should be okay in that spot. But man, I would assume a lot of running back dump offs and <laughs> maybe screen plays and things like that, because I just don't know how the Gators are going to stretch the field without their four best pass-catching weapons. What has that done to the betting line, most importantly? Yesterday on the podcast, we told you betonline.ag had Florida as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That line has now shifted. Oklahoma is now a three-point favorite. So if you ever wondered... Oh, what does that mean when a quarterback misses a game or a running back misses a game or a receiver misses a game? Look, you take away a quarterback who was a really good quarterback this year, by the way. Kyle Trask leads the nation in a lot of different categories. You take away his four best pass-catching weapons. That shifts from a a two-and-a-half-point favorite for Florida to now a three-point favorite for Oklahoma. So Dan Mullen going to have to go earn his paycheck tomorrow night as well as Kyle Trask and company but kudos to Trask to actually uh, for actually playing this game but I'm sure some Gators fans might be saying you know what as much as we love Trask maybe this is a game he should have opted out we start Emory Jones and let's get started in the future let's see what Emory Jones can do against a really good Oklahoma team and build some rapport some chemistry with some of those young freshman receivers as we build uh, momentum for next season but that is a massive massive loss for the Florida Gators in losing their four best pass-catching weapons for 
the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma. All right, real quick, let's do a, an abbreviated version of around the conference. Let's go. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. Over at Georgia, their defense will be missing another piece for their game this weekend in the Chick-fil-A Bowl against Cincinnati. Defensive back Eric Stokes announced on Twitter he is opting out of the game and will prepare for the NFL draft. Stokes was an all-SEC second-team selection by the coaches this year and recorded 20 tackles with a team-high four interceptions. Remember, he had a pick six in the season opener against Arkansas. Stokes joins a group of Monty Rice, DJ Daniel, Trey McKitty, and Ben Cleveland, who have all opted out of this game. The good news for the Bulldogs, safety Richard LeCount was back practicing with the team. It looks like he's going to try to give it a go to play in the bowl game this weekend. Also, pass rusher Aziz Ojaleri is expected to play as well. So not everybody out for the Bulldogs, but a lot of guys are out. One other note on Georgia, it was revealed this week that their big-time quarterback recruit, five-star quarterback Brock Vandergriff, played through a knee injury for more than half his senior season in high school. Shouldn't have any effect on his career at Georgia coming up, but it is a testament to his toughness for a kid who played through that kind of injury throughout his high school senior year. Over at Missouri, they got a little news where their senior punter, Grant McKinnis, announced on social media he's coming back next season, so... Not a huge news there, but one less thing the Tigers have to worry about as they head into next season. And a quick SEC baseball note. According to multiple reports, it's not official, but the SEC could be leaning towards a four-game SEC weekend with no midweek games once conference play begins. So basically what they're saying is each team has 16 non-conference games to work with. You can play a lot of those before the season, before the SEC play starts. You're going to have challenges come into play with the medical task, task force and testing people and following COVID protocols and all that. And keep in mind, the SEC is a long way from anything being decided. But what has been proposed is once you get in the conference play, you would play a four-game SEC weekend, and it would go something like this. You would play a nine-inning game on Friday, a nine-inning game on Sunday. But on Saturdays, you would play two seven-inning games and a doubleheader. There will be an SEC conference call coming up in two weeks, and a decision is expected to come around then. Again, this is just one of the options on the table. It does have some support from the conference's head coaches. The SEC baseball season will get started in February. By the way, I was looking at the top 25. There's like five SEC teams in the top 10, and like <laughs> over half the league is ranked in the top 25. It is quite impressive. Uh, tonight, SEC basketball gets underway as we have two conference games on the docket. We were supposed to have three. Uh, South Carolina was scheduled to play at Kentucky, but the Gamecocks dealing with some COVID issues, so that game has been postponed. The Wildcats, by the way, off to an awful start at 1-6, so I'm sure John Calipari ready to get in the conference action and maybe start turning around this losing streak they're on, but they're going to have to wait until Saturday to play their first SEC game. But tonight... 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern from the PMAC in Baton Rouge. It is 5-1 Texas A&M taking on 5-1 LSU. Bet online has LSU as an eight-point favorite. Sophomore Emmanuel Miller leads the way for the Aggies. He's averaging 18 points and nine boards a game, while LSU has a very dangerous scoring threat. And freshman Cam Thomas he is averaging over 22 points per game, so it should be a good one there. That game will air on the SEC Network. The other game tonight... 
following that one, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern on SEC Network. It's 5-1 Ole Miss at 5-3 Alabama. Bet Online has Alabama as just a one-point favorite. Senior Devontae Shuler leads the way for Ole Miss. He's averaging almost 15 points a game, while sophomore Jaden Shackelford is Bama's leading scorer at 14 points a game. I've been so focused on just football these last handful of weeks. I'm looking forward to locking in and watching some SEC basketball tonight as the conference schedule starts up tonight. And that is your quick, your brief around the conference. Coming up next, we're going to catch up with our buddy Brad Logan, longtime SEC reporter. We're going to get his thoughts on some of the SEC quarterbacks who will be heading into either bowl games this week or some just preparing for the offseason, looking ahead to next season. We'll talk all about it with Brad Logan coming next. Hey, a quick minute here for our friends at betonline.ag. We know the college football season is in the midst of bowl season. The NFL regular season wraps up this week, and we'll see who's in the playoffs and who is not. But there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get a 50% off or I'm sorry, 50% welcome bonus when you use our code. A couple games you may want to get in on the action today. Later this afternoon, we got Oklahoma State as a one-point favorite over Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl, and then they've got Texas as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Colorado tonight in the Alamo Bowl. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, it is betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. A betting on the SEC doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Rolling along here, locked on SEC, talking all things still SEC football. We'll turn the page here very soon, start getting more into SEC basketball, but a lot of SEC teams in their bowl games this week. Some getting canceled, but sounds like we're at least going to have the majority of them played this week and join us now to talk all things SEC. One of our favorites, longtime SEC reporter Brad Logan. You can follow him on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE. Brad, happy holidays, man. Hope uh, you had a good Christmas and getting ready for a uh, happy new year. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris. Always a pleasure joining you. And uh, like everyone listening, I'm just excited about Friday and the upcoming weekend, this college football playoff. And also, we've got some pretty interesting bowl games, some SEC tie-ins. Yeah, let me uh, start here because obviously it was disappointing to see that Missouri, you know, they had some COVID cases, so the, the Music City Bowl gets canceled. Uh, Tennessee had to pull out of their bowl game. And then I saw Lane Kiffin talking with the media yesterday, and he said there are still some players deciding on whether they want to opt out for Saturday's Outback Bowl or not. He said, quote, we're having to recruit our own players to play in a bowl game. What do you make of this now where it seems like we maybe have schools become so infatuated with the playoff where it just feels like, man, if we're not playing in a, in a playoff game, what, what's the point even playing in some of these bowl games? You know, this year is just different. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of trickled down to college football. We've seen Zayvon Collins, the talented linebacker from Tulsa, 
uh, who's going to he won the Nagurski Award, and that's the team that Mississippi State's going to play in the Armed Forces Bowl. He's opted out. So, uh, you know, with Ole Miss, you had Elijah Moore. It's 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 best, arguably best player on the team. Did not play uh, last week against LSU or the week before. So, it's it's a problem, and it's something that uh, these programs are going to have to deal with. In regards to Lane Kiffin, like you said, came out came out to the media. And there'd been some scuttlebutt behind the scenes about him trying to, to keep some players from opting out. And whether it be, and I don't think it's players opting out that necessarily want to enter the transfer portal or want to go pro, is they just want to put a cap on the season. And I think that's just an issue that he's going to have to deal with. We'll have to see how many players he's got available when they face a very talented Indiana team in the Outback Bowl. And um, I think, quite honestly, Chris, if you look at, team, specifically Ole Miss, uh, going forward, I don't think you would see this happen in years to come. I think this year's just an anomaly in so many different ways. There were reports out of uh, South Carolina that said that they were so excited that they didn't have a chance to play in the Birmingham Bowl, whatever they call it now, that they were able to go home and not have to worry about it and kind of turn the page for 2021. Some similar things have been said about uh, Bill Clark and his program at UAB. They opened a brand-new stadium in downtown Birmingham, and they obviously are not going to be able to play in their bowl game, but they said they are excited about 2021. You have to wonder, Chris, how many programs that are playing in bowls that, for the lack of a better word, don't need anything are ready to, 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 to essentially turn the page? Yeah, and speaking of, uh, I saw the news came out, Florida will not have two of its top wide receivers taking on Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Both Kadarius Tony and Trevon Grimes have both opted out and will not play in the game. So we're seeing this across the board with a lot of SEC schools. Let me ask you this, Brad, as we start to kind of turn the page and look ahead to 2021, we're doing our, our rankings of categories of the SEC quarterbacks looking ahead to next year. Uh Matt Corral, look, I put him in my elite category moving into next year. He's already said he's going to come back, and we expect big things from him. But where would you put Will Rogers at Mississippi State? Because I know he's shown some good signs here in recent weeks. Obviously, the last time out with a big bowl, you know, big win over Missouri, and now he'll play in the bowl game. But a lot of people seem to be high on this Sawyer Robertson that's coming in at Mississippi State and say, you know, he fits Mike Leach's offense really well. Do you think Will Rogers really has to go prove himself in this bowl game to carry some momentum into the offseason for the Bulldogs? I think so. And quite honestly, Chris, you know, Sawyer Robertson on paper is the most highly touted recruit, specifically quarterback, that's ever uh, been signed by Mississippi State. So there's some pomp and circumstance. And, you know, Sawyer Robertson, I've had a chance to look at his numbers, and they're incredible, specifically this past year, with the number, his ratio of, of <clears throat> with his ratio of touchdowns to interception, I think it's something like 44 to, to 9, or, you know, insane numbers that he, that he was able to put together. So, but the good news for Will Rogers, he's a, He's someone out of out of Brandon, Mississippi. He came in and had an opportunity to play when, when quite frankly, Mississippi State could not do anything on offense. They were very stagnant, um, and so he was able to come in and and really look good in the Egg Bowl. And it wasn't his fault that, that Mississippi State lost. In fact, they had a chance to win late in the game. As I know, many people watched that game. And with Rodgers, he played so well um, in his the previous game against Missouri that I think he can kind of compound that. And I think he'll throw and. You know he'll get his yards against Tulsa, so he's got that momentum going into the off season. But I do know this: that Mike Leach is not afraid to play anyone, and 
while Will Rogers does fit that system, the circuit, the, the, the pomp and the excitement of Sawyer Robertson is like nothing I've ever seen with Mississippi State in regards to quarterback play. They're not a program that spits out quarterbacks in the NFL. This could begin something uh, under the Mike uh, Leach regime in the SEC, in Mississippi State, by getting someone like a Robertson because he's a five-star guy. He's a guy who can spin it really well and has really, really gaudy numbers uh, coming into Starkville. It, it kind of got me excited, Brad, running through all the, you know the potential of what could be next year in the SEC. Could have some really good quarterback play. We've got some guys who are kind of inexperienced and some unknowns, but if I threw out Bryce Young at Alabama uh, – throw out a, a couple of other guys who are just unknowns, Hayes King at Texas A&M, and Emory yeah. Jones at Florida, who we've seen a little bit as a running guy, but haven't seen him as that full-time quarterback. Of the unknowns, who would you be most excited about seeing next year in the SEC? Without question, Hayes King. I think he's a player you know, I, that can come in and play a lot next year for Texas A&M. They really, really like him. Uh, industry insiders at 247 have said that the King is one of the best quarterbacks that's come through the high school ranks uh, in quite a while. And for him to be able to ink with, with Texas a and I think says a lot about what Jimbo is being able to do from a recruiting standpoint. Real quick, before we go too, too far ahead, uh, you mentioned Matt Corral. And one thing that we saw Corral do is look like a million bucks more often than not at quarterback at Ole Miss. Unfortunately for Corral, he had the Arkansas game and the LSU game, of which he threw, I think, combined 11 interceptions. And that's just something you cannot do if you're going to be in that elite category. Mackerel's a phenomenal football player. And, in fact, both those games, Chris, Arkansas and LSU, Ole Miss had a chance to win late in the game. And that was because of the tenacity of Mackerel. Now, he put them in that position with all the interceptions, but it says a lot about his character and about how well his coaches think of him. They never pulled him. They allowed him to bring his team back. And so that says a lot about that. But I think in order for him to inch up, He's got to do better and protect the football. But, yeah, Hayes King, he's the guy that I'm going to be looking at next year. I'm excited about all the young quarterbacks. Obviously, here in Mississippi, all eyes are going to be on Sawyer Robertson. I think initially what Mike would like to do is have Will Rogers continue to play well and maybe have a package available for Robertson. I don't think a red shirt's going to be an opportunity. I don't think you sign a player of that caliber and ask him to red shirt. I think there'll be a package for him. But I think 2022 – could be the coming out party for Sawyer Robertson. Yeah, and of course Bryce Young, if he's any semblance of what he's supposed to be, uh, at least on the recruiting right. rankings, I mean, he'll do big things at Alabama. I'm excited, too, to see potentially Miles Brennan come back at LSU. A lot of people forget because he only played in three games, but he was really good in those three games he, he played. So I, I don't know, Brad, I just, the arrow's pointing upward for me next year as far as quarterback playing the SEC, and that's, it says a lot. I mean, in this conference, if you do not have a really good quarterback, look at what Tennessee just went through with Jared Garantano. Look what Georgia went through prior to figuring out JT Daniels was the guy. I mean, when you do not have an elite level quarterback in this league, you're not competing. You're not. And one thing, you know, we haven't talked about it very much, Chris, but one thing that we're going to be able to see, knock on wood, is fans back in the stands. You know, last night, watching that Green Bay football game when they were playing the, the Titans or, or Sunday night, and being able to see, you know, all of the, the snow and, and how much fun. But there was nobody there to enjoy. You know, right. I, I think about Athens, Georgia. I think about Gaines, uh, uh, I think about Gainesville, Florida. And you think about those places that are just, just live and breathe college football. To be able to have people back in the stands, on campus, tailgating at Baton Rouge, you know, Death Valley at night, 
all of that stuff, we've just kind of been, we've forgotten about it. And I'm so excited for the opportunity for fans to be able to come back because to me, that's what college sports is all about. So with the excitement of those young quarterbacks coming back, uh, with the excitement of fans being back on campus, it's almost like we're going to be able to breathe again, uh, hopefully knock on wood on 2021. More with Brad Logan right after this. Quick minute here for our friends at Built Go. Look, a lot of you guys have been on the go these last, uh, oh, about two weeks. Kids out of school, Christmas holidays, now New Year's, getting ready for the new year. And I've seen you getting drug around the mall by your kids the last handful of days, returning stuff that they got for Christmas, or maybe you're returning stuff for yourself. You're probably hitting that crash feeling in the late afternoons. Might I recommend our friends at Built Go. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. If you need to break through that proverbial wall, grab a Built Go. You can check them out on their website, builtgo.com. Come in really easy to take, small one and a half ounce packages. Basically, Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without that crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster energy drink, but with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Come in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint, and they've got all those good things for you, all those B vitamins, B6, B12, B3, all those things that really get you going and promote good health in your body instead of all those gross energy drinks that are out there. Check them out right now, builtgo.com, and if you find something you like, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. You can get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing on our SEC conversation with SEC reporter Brad Logan. We've seen, Brad, some coaching changes already. Brian Harson taking over at Auburn for Gus Malzahn. We've got Shane Beamer in at South Carolina. Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. There's a lot of eyes and focus on Tennessee right now. If you if you were in those offices at Tennessee, what would your decision be right now? Is it to uh, take another year and, and let's see what Jeremy Pruitt can do? Or do you start looking at what Hugh Freeze has done at Liberty and you say, hey, look, if we can get this guy, let's make a change? You know, I don't know what's going through the mind of Phil Fulmer. What I do know, Chris, is that you know, Jeremy Pruitt was hired by Fulmer. And Fulmer is a Tennessee man. He played there. He coached there. He's now the director of athletics. He's a man that's kind of got his way and had his way. So if you look at it from that standpoint, I kind of lend to believe that they're going to keep him around. You know, just a couple of days ago, Chris, we saw Will Friend, the offensive line coach, bolt to South Carolina. So there's no, there's very little stability in Tennessee at the university. There's, it, it, you hate to use the word toxic, but gosh, Chris, I don't know of a better word to describe that situation. There is no level of hotness you can determine how hot that seat is for, um, for Jeremy Pruitt. I think it's as hot as it can be. The kicker, too, I think I think it's good that they're not playing in a bowl game because that takes the, the, the focus off of, of the coach. If you're Jeremy Pruitt, if you're sitting around thinking, I don't have to play another game, maybe I can let everything kind of settle down. Uh, recruiting didn't go very well. Um, 
I'm, maybe I can get some momentum for this this second wave of a signing period. Maybe get some momentum for next year because right now it does not feel like Tennessee's going to make a move. Although you know Hugh Freeze is kind of hanging out there, we didn't see Hugh's name get mentioned a whole lot for the Auburn job. Maybe a little for Carolina. They were kind of they had their had their man uh, in Shane Beamer. But I think for Hugh Freeze is a natural fit. It's a place to where he went on his honeymoon. It's kind of a storybook place. We know that Hugh Freeze can win football games, and that would be a great landing spot for Freeze at Tennessee. But I don't know that they're going to make a move this year. He is longtime SEC reporter Brad Logan. Follow him on Twitter at Brad Logan C O T E. Brad, let everybody know uh, where they can get your stuff. Absolutely. I've got our uh, podcast, the Brad Logan Show. Also have a Mississippi Morning Quarterbacks, all part of the Logan Media Network, Apple, Google Play, all of your regular podcast platforms, and always a pleasure joining you. Brad, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll do it again real soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Brad Logan there, longtime uh, SEC reporter, and uh, really appreciate his uh, his input and his uh, feedback on the SEC. I think he does a great job, and man, it, it is crazy to start thinking of you know Mississippi State bringing in one of when you you know we think of Dak Prescott obviously right as one of the best quarterbacks at Mississippi State in the past 10, 15 years, but the fact that this Sawyer Robertson coming in could be even better, or at least you know according to the ratings and all that. I think Will Rogers has to go show out in this bowl game and really set the tone for sending the message, hey, this is my gig. I'm not giving this up and uh, running the Mike Leach offense. That'll be really fun to see. And then, you know, great point by Brad. Matt Corral, the numbers are there. Obviously, uh, you know, scored a lot of points this year. But, yeah, came up limp in some big moments against big teams. You know, Arkansas and LSU, the, the turnovers were insurmountable. On the flip side, I'd say if he has any semblance of a defense – he wins more of those games than Lane Kiffin does. So we'll be a lot of fun heading into the offseason of the SEC and uh, looking ahead to 2021. That is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Remember to subscribe if you haven't done so yet. We're here for you every single week. Every time there's a fresh episode, you will get it right into your podcast or Spotify or whatever you use to listen to our podcast. Remember, you can always get them at LockedOnSEC.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Chris Gordy. Shoot me a message. There's something you want to hear on some upcoming podcasts as we head into the football offseason. We'll talk some SEC basketball, talk some more SEC recruiting, but we're going to spend a lot of time looking ahead to next football season. Some rankings and everything else we'll be looking forward to around the conclusion of the bowl games this week. And we'll probably have Alabama, at least with a college football playoff win over Notre Dame and then setting the stage for what could be a really, really good national championship game between Alabama and Clemson. The rematch, round three. We'll see. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Lockdown SEC.